Guys, welcome to the J. Scott Outdoors podcast. I'm looking forward to the next couple of months and getting back into the swing of things with this podcast. I want to thank you guys, the listeners, for all of the support that you've given my podcast over the years. It's hard to believe that I started this in February of 2015. Uh, It's been a great journey and I look forward to uh, getting more information to you guys. I want to thank the sponsors of this podcast. I want to thank GoHunt.com and remind you guys that the Black Friday sale actually is starting early on November 12th. There's tons of great gear that's 60% off at the Go Hunt gear shop. Go to GoHunt.com. Also, remember with this Black Friday sale, when you sign up for Insider, you're going to get $100 off to spend at the Go Hunt gear shop. That's just when you sign up for Insider. If you want the Explorer, you get $50 to spend in the Go Hunt gear shop. Go to GoHunt.com. Use the J. Scott promo code. Uh, Guys, I want to thank GoHunt for their sponsorship. I want to thank you guys for supporting GoHunt. They've been a a loyal supporter of mine from the beginning, so go check them out. I also want to thank Kuyu.com. Kuyu is the ultralight hunting gear that I've been wearing since 2010. Uh, Great ultralight hunting gear. Uh, They've got three camo patterns from the Velo to the Verde to the Vias. Uh, they've got packs. They've got all sorts of great lightweight gear. Go to Kuyu.com to order. It's a direct-to-consumer website. You can go to Kuyu.com to order the gear there. I also want to thank Phonescope.com. Use the JScott23 promo code for a 10% discount. Phonescope is the digiscoping device that I use on my iPhone uh, to capture some of the videos and photos that you see on my Instagram account. And then I'd also like to thank Lathrop and Sons and remind you that they're doing a mountain hunt boot giveaway and a custom synergy footbed giveaway all you have to do to enter is go to lathropandsons.com click on the link there to enter into the giveaway and you can be entered into that drawing give james and Stephen a call if you want to discuss and talk to them about their three boots they basically have the encompass the mountain hunter and the elite boot plus their custom synergy footbeds i've been wearing them uh, now for over a year and just absolutely love their boots you there's two ways to get hold of them boots at lathropandsons.com or you can call them directly call james call Stephen directly they're two brothers 618-544 8782. Guys, let's get right to these episodes. If you'd like to send me a message, you can go to my Instagram account, which is at jscottoutdoors. You can send me an email, jscottoutdoors at gmail.com. God bless and thanks for your support. My first question, let's let's talk about coos deer first. Um, You talk about the Galeros and the Catalinas. What have you noticed over the last 40 years as far as uh, overall hunting, uh, you know, pressure, uh, animal behavior, you know, are you finding deer on the same hillsides? You know, just kind of talk a little bit about if, if any changes that you've noticed in that southern Arizona region with the coos deer. You know, Jay, in a lot of seminars I give, I'm asked that question. And the first thing that most people are going to want me to say is that there's not any big deer out there and they've been shot off. And that's the last thing that's really happening. Jay, every year there's a gigantic buck killed. And last year, Brandon McDermott 
killed a buck that scored 165 with the governor's tag. And I'm going to tell you, I have seen bigger bucks probably in the last five years than I've ever seen in my life. And I, I, I think that it's a matter of looking where those great big deer are because I think they live there, and most people don't look there. I really believe that there's gigantic bucks. I've been fortunate enough to kill 495 coos deer on public land, and I've killed 42 Boone and Crockett coos deer all on public land, and I've killed the most of the Boone and Crockett's, Jay, in the last 10 years. What do you attribute that to? Well, I, I, do, I do attribute that. I think I'm probably a better hunter than I was when I was a young man. I did a lot more crazy walking. But what I found is that those great big deer don't move like people think they do. Uh, they're literally in one canyon or very isolated, and if you don't stay there and keep looking for them, it's easy to say they're not there and you move on. And, and a lot of times I'm sitting three and four days and not moving from one canyon because I know that buck's there. A lot of people have a hard time understanding that unless they hunt coos deer and realize how habitual they are and how, you know, they are very patternable, but you need time. I was wondering if you could speak a little bit to the time factor in uh, trying to, you know, pattern and, and stay on and then end up harvesting a big coos deer. Well, everything you, you're saying right there is a fact. Most people don't have the time, and that's why... They don't have a chance to kill a great big deer consistently, and and guys like myself and all the other top guys are are doing that because once you locate a big buck, he's pretty easily kill killable if you could just stay on him. Once you locate that deer, he'll come back out and make a mistake. It might be in the morning or it might be in the evening, but he'll make a mistake. But it might not be the day that you're hunting. That's that's the key. It might be two or three days down the road, but sooner or later he'll come out, and when he does, it, he, they're very killable if you pattern them like that. Talk to me about the discipline that it takes to know that a big deer, let's say you get up on a point and you see a big deer, and let's say you've seen him a couple of times, and then the hunt starts, like you know the hunt that's going to start on Friday. It's, it's October, it's the 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 uh, the. the, the the weather pattern is supposed to be very, very warm, and you get up there and you go for a couple days and you don't see that deer. It's human nature to want to just say, oh, he's moved, he's, you know, a lion got him, he's whatever. Tell me about how you have to mentally prepare for knowing that you just have to stick it out and just find him when he's going to make that mistake. Well, well in most places... There are a lot of places to glass from if that buck's in a pocket. So a lot of times I might glass in the morning from one position and then move to another position for to get a different angle. I always teach in the glassing lessons that it, the angle of the dangle is more important, more important than anything else. And what I mean by that is you can be 100 yards down the ridge and he can see the deer, and, and me, 100 yards from one of my friends, I can't see it. He's got the right angle. So 
There's no sense of sitting there for the whole day and looking at the same angle. You've got to just keep moving and looking at that same position, but from different angles, Jay. I can't stress that enough, if it, it, is get the different angle and keep moving. And I do that for two or three days in just different places, and then sooner or later he'll make a mistake. So in other words, Dwayne, you're basically focusing your attention on a uh, how big of an area, but what I hear you saying, so it's going to be kind of a two-part question. You're, I, I'm estimating that you're like looking at a, a dot, and then you're looking 100 yards north, south, east, and west, so you've got a 100-yard circle or maybe a 300. You know, Tell me about kind of your, your, your diameter that you're looking at, but what I hear you saying is you're going to bounce around and get different shade looks, get different angles, maybe look a little more level, get up high, look down, uh, maybe look up depending on the terrain. Uh, talk a little bit about that. Everything that you just said is exactly what I'm doing, and every buck's a little different. Sometimes, sometimes those great big bucks are not in thick places. Sometimes they're way out in the flats where people don't look. Just because they've grown up out there and nobody looks by them and they drive by them, a lot of mesquites, a lot of Palo Verdes, or a lot of thick ocotillas. But a lot of times i got to get high enough that I can look out into those positions, and sooner or later a deer will come out of a wash and he'll make a mistake. And in fact, one of the biggest bucks I've ever killed, that's exactly how I killed him, is he made a mistake and then we were able to kill him, and he scored almost 140. You talk about big bucks and some of them being out in the flats. Um, if, if, you, if you had to target and say, this is where the big bucks are, and I know this is kind of a crazy question, but if, if you had to be pinned down to say, where would I go to find a big buck? Is there a certain type of terrain that you would say, you're going to find more big bucks here, what would it be? Well, it's not in the middle of the mountain. Because that's where the hunters are. It's the other. It's just the opposite of. If you take a mountain range and you draw a line in the middle of it, they're either going to be pushed to the top or pushed out in the flats. So I don't hunt the middle. I hunt one or the other. That's good advice. Um, that's very interesting. So, in the Catalinas and in the Galeros, those are both two very historic mountain ranges in Arizona. And the interesting thing about both ranges is they have, uh, from from unit border to unit border, they have everything from, you know, low desert where, you know, it's, it's mule deer and maybe even a coos deer. It's very rare to see a coos deer all the way up to, you know, seven, 8,000 feet even higher in the Catalinas. Um, you, what you're saying is the deer, the hunters go where the highest deer densities are. So over a period of time, Bucks tend to 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 be older, either higher on the mountain or lower on the mountain. Is that what you're saying? That's exactly what I'm saying, and that's what I've learned in my lifetime. Is is it, it a deer just has to grow up out there? If he it, or up there, either way, if he's between three and a half and about six and a half years old, those bucks have a chance to get monstrous, and they have a chance to really grow horns out there and and and, and get the whole cycle of life. But if they're standing up there in the middle of the mountain where all these ball ridges are, where it's easy for a guy to, to start killing those deer when they're, you know, 70, 80, 90-inch deer, they'll never make that peak of whatever the peak they're going to grow. So 
that's one reason that when they start that pressure, I, I look way low or way high, and when I left a little coffee, this is very important, it's going to be very thick, and it's not going to be very glassable. But that's, that's where some of those monster bucks live. But I will tell you this, way high has a tendency to, to, for the lions to whack them. They very seldom whack them very low. And that, in that's other been words, very important. The, lion, the lions use that high country to their advantage, and they can really wipe the bucks out. So what you're saying is maybe you might find more bucks way low because the lions are not as heavy or don't kill them as hard uh, down low. I think They're that's easier on them. I think that's the truth, Jay, because a lot of the lion hunters that I know, uh, Andy Knowlton and, and Wade uh, uh, Eccles that, that chases, they don't kill a lot of cats in that low, low country. They kill a lot of cats in a country that's very rocky, very rough and brutal. And and, and when they, they say, hey, I killed a big lion and it was on a big coos deer, I found the rack, they very seldom find that down in the desert. It's mostly up in the high mountains where it's tough. And so that deer that's made it through the rifle season, he's by himself. He's easy pickings for a lion. Yeah, that's interesting. You know, I wonder how much uh, not catching lions down low has to do with a lot of lion hunters don't really like to run their dogs in the choya too much. I, I wonder if that plays into it, do you think, or do you think there's just not as many lions down low? I don't know that. I'm not a lion hunter. I, 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 don't, I don't have a clue, to be very honest with you. Uh, you'd have to ask one of those guys. I just know that, that uh, once I find a big deer in the low country, I generally have a great chance to kill it. 